the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. How is all everyone today on this uh, beautiful J- July 2nd? 2022 uh, 4th of July weekend. I mean, this, I'll tell you, my friends, 4th of July, along with Christmas and Easter, are my favorite, uh, is my favorite holiday. It, it is, I really, the celebration of my country, the the patriotism. Uh, when I was little, my parents used to uh, watch uh, uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy, James Kegsney's movie. Uh, I used to just love it. Uh, you know, flag waving, fireworks, uh, George Washington, the signing of the Declaration of Independence. I love it. We live in the best country in the in the world. And uh, if there are, you know, if there are people who discredit us, if there are people who dislike us, it's because they're envious or because they're stupid. You know, the ones here in town, the ones here in the United States. I mean, you know, I, I'll just say it. It's people who are myopic and stupid. They've never been abroad. They've never lived in a in in, in other countries where you do not have the the uh, uh, the freedoms. They uh, they're just stupid. That's all there is to it. Anyway, so welcome to our show. Let me tell you who our guests are because we've got a a packed show as usual, and I uh, I, I need to make a, a, an editorial comment in a few moments, but. Uh, who are our guests? Let me tell you, Miss Esther Chapoy. Uh, Esther is uh, a former uh, Customs and Border Protection uh, agent. She is retired. She also lives in Del Rio, right on the border. She's going to give us an update of what is happening in her front yard. Yes, my friends, in her front yard. She lives right down the down the street from the uh, from the river. She's going to give us an update as a citizen and as a resident of what is happening in her front yard. We also have Mr. Um, Chris Hayek. Uh, Chris is with the um, is with the Immigration Reform Law Institute in Washington D.C. I reached out to him because I want Chris to please explain to us what happened at the Supreme Court uh, on uh, Thursday regarding the uh, stay in Mexico policy. Uh, lots of folks fretting, lots of folks uh, freaking out. Uh, I think there's reason for it, but I also think that there's uh, there may be a silver lining somewhere in there. Uh, my friends, uh, he's got he's got a wealth of knowledge. He is a uh, an attorney 
who argues these cases on a regular basis, listen to him. We need to, we, you know, he'll, he'll be very, very interesting. Our next guest is a regular guest, and that's Mr. Tom, Todd Benzman. Todd is with the uh, Center for Immigration Studies. He is going to uh, give us his perspective of what has been happening at the border that ha- is increasingly causing people to risk their lives. Uh, I'm going to talk about in a few moments uh, this tragedy that happened here in San Antonio of the 53 uh, illegal aliens that lost their lives. They were locked in a uh, truck, and they lost their lives. Um, there were, I believe, 65 of them in the uh, in, in the truck. Uh, the truck was abandoned, left in the 100-degree heat. It's a refrigerator truck. Not only does it heat up, but it also uh, has no ventilation for oxygen. 53 individuals died. It is. It was the worst uh, uh, catastrophe for uh, immigrants, for illegal aliens ever. And uh, Todd is going to chat with us about what is encouraging people to take these risks. And uh, he's going to give us an, an, an earful. Our final guest is Mr. Preston Hannikins. Preston is with the Federation uh, the uh, Federation for American Immigration Reform in Washington, D.C. We call it FAIR. And FAIR is the number one advocate for legal immigration and the number one opponent of illegal immigration in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, we're very, very happy to be affiliated with them. We uh, are very, very happy to get Preston on here. Preston is going to be chatting as to what continues to happen in Washington, D.C. with the Biden administration that is encouraging these folks to take their risks and enter the United States illegally. So um, that's our lineup. Uh, but before we get to that, let me uh, let me tell you again, uh, I, I am a proud American of Mexican descent. There are a lot of folks out there who are Americans of uh, English descent, of Irish descent, of, of Chinese descent, whatever. I happen to be an American of Mexican descent. And what has been happening over the years uh, to those of us of Mexican descent is that many of us have continued to, to maintain our culture and our language, uh, our Spanish language, because we live so close to the border and because we constantly are fed more people into the uh, in, into our society uh, who are Mexican who are just arrived, and uh, you know having the the uh, the uh, culture and the, the the language right across the border uh, makes it difficult for for has made it difficult for a lot uh, of folks to just transition and become American. I mean, they didn't have to cross a huge uh, uh, a, a huge ocean and then be cut off, and that was the end of it. They uh, assimilated. Well, what has been happening, my friends, what has been happening is that there is an assimilation that's been happening right under the noses of everyone, like in my family, like uh, myself, and uh, much to the anxiety of uh, the Democrats, uh, the race card really doesn't play well anymore with us because we're Americans. And so uh, in that aspect of it, my friends, we assimilate and we embrace the flag we embrace the Constitution. We embrace the Fourth of July. And I embrace it completely and totally. So happy Fourth of July, my friends, I hope. Uh, I'm hoping that I can get some good ribs 
uh, someplace from someone. And at the same time, I am actually going to be, today, on Saturday, I am going to be going up to um, uh, New Braunfels, which has become a tradition with me. I'm going to the, up to the little community of New Braunfels, just north of San Antonio, and march uh, with uh, all the conservatives and Republicans in the uh, annual 4th of July parade. So if you're going to be in New Braunfels, I will see you there this, uh, th- later, later today, this morning. Um, all right, let me t- talk real quick about the situation with the um, tragedy here in San Antonio. 53 illegal aliens risked their lives to cross the border illegally and to be transported to to, uh, San Antonio illegally. Now, again, my friends, they risked their lives. uh, No one put a gun to their heads to make them leave their country and come to the United States illegally. Let's let's understand that. That sounds harsh, but that is the fact. The other fact of, of this situation is, my friends, is that they paid cartels, whatever, whoever, they paid uh, smugglers to be brought to the United States illegally. And in that aspect of it, my friends, uh, we've got to ask ourselves two things. Uh, If you're going to risk your life to break a law, that is not our fault. But the other thing is that we have an administration that encourages breaking the law. I mean, not only are they, uh, do, do we have district attorneys and communities that are fanning crime waves, we've got an administration that is encouraging people to come to the United States illegally. And in that aspect of it, my friends, uh, let me call out somebody like Beto O'Rourke and Congressman Castro, who have the audacity to blame the United States for having a border for this tragedy. You know, their their opinion, I guess their 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 point of view is that if there is no if there is no sin, then there is no sinner. Well, my friends, that's not truth and that's not reality. There is a law, and there is a crime, and that crime was illegal immigration. It's sad that these people lost their lives, but we need to reinforce the border. We need to secure it. That's what we need to do. We don't need to open it up even further. All right, that's uh, my comment uh, on this matter. Let's go to our first guest, Miss Esther Chapoy. Folks, thank you for, for, for being with us today. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got uh, our good friend, Miss Esther Chapoy, uh, down in uh, on the Rio Grande. She's right on the border. And uh, I wanted to reach out to her because uh, she gives us periodically, she gives us an update of what is happening uh, in her neighborhood, because literally her neighborhood is right on the border. Esther, thank you for taking time to be with us, uh, as usual. What's going on? Give us an update of what's going on in your in your community. Well, thank you, George. I really appreciate you uh, putting me on your show because it's very important that we get the word out. This is not stopping. This morning, I'm watching vans after vans after vans of Border Patrol that look very heavy, obviously full of people coming by in front of my house because they come out of the river. 
And uh, we also see them go over to the NGO, they get loaded up, and then they go on white buses over to Laughlin Air Force Base, and they get flown out of here to a neighborhood near everybody <laughs> in the United States. Now, uh, for for the sake of, of, of our listeners that don't know what an NGO is, what is an NGO? An NGO is a non-government organization. Uh, the one here is uh, Catholic Charities. I don't know if there are other um, NGOs involved with them, but I think it's basically Catholic Charities here. Yeah, well, uh, I've heard that over in Arizona, it's a it's a uh, Quaker group, and uh, in in California, I think it's Lutheran Services. So apparently, you know, there's several of them scattered out and uh, doing this thing. And when you say that they are put on planes and shipped out, to, um, literally they are going to uh, communities all over the country, right? That's right. And uh, I have family in Baton Rouge, and they tell me that uh, these people are in the intersections at the stoplights, and they're, they've got signs, and they say, I need food, I need money, please help me. So they're, they're turning into beggars everywhere. The um, the the situation there. Uh, you're in Del Rio, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Now you uh, again tell the folks you used to work uh, in customs before, right? Yes, I I served in U.S. Customs Department of the Treasury, which later became CBP DHS Customs and Border Protection Department of Homeland Security. But I served for 35 years. I was a customs supervisor when I retired. And I, I supervised at the port of entry, and at one for five years, I served at Dallas Fort Worth Airport, which is an inter, uh, a landing rights airport. So, so you saw. I mean, you worked at the border with the border, as well as uh, with immigration, uh, with the customs or customs goods coming in. Have you ever seen the border this out of control? No, this is ridiculous. In my entire 35-year career, I saw one asylum case, and I and I agreed that he definitely was a legitimate asylum case because that man had uh, testified against cartels in Mexico, and he had been accidentally shipped back to Mexico, and he was coming back asking for asylum because his life was really in danger. But people coming over here just for economical reasons, that's not an asylum reason. Yeah. Now, uh, what I'm hearing right now is that 6,000 have already decided they're going to go to Eagle Pass. So I don't know if they're going to flood over into Del Rio or if that 6,000 is going to divide up into Eagle Pass and Del Rio. But we're expecting 6,000 people. Now, and Eagle Pass is just 55 miles away. Yeah, that's that's right next door to you guys. Uh, yeah. The the situation of, of um, uh, I know you've got yourself a dog. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the situation with all these people crossing, um, I know that some criminals have been caught re-entering the United States. Uh, has crime gone up at all in uh, in Del Rio or in your neighborhood? Yes, what I'm hearing from law enforcement is that a house was uh, broken into, burglarized, uh, three streets over from me. So it's it's picking up. 
and and you know what's really kind of funny is that I just came back from the GOP, the Texas GOP convention in Houston, and I picked up a flag that says "Don't blame me, I voted for Trump," and so I've attached it to my fence out on the street so, <laughs> so everybody can see it. This isn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it it, uh, it it seems like, and again, you've seen it from the inside as a, as a uh, customs agent. But it just seems like this whole uh, administration seems to be doing this on purpose. I mean, they seem to be going out of their way to uh, deny uh, the uh, the stay in, po- in in Mexico policy uh, or to uh, ignore all the fentanyl that's coming in. I mean, it just seems like they're just not interested in stopping it. This whole thing, it, it's in my opinion, is treason. It's treason. You can't. It can't be called anything else. It's not being a good Samaritan. These people should not be coming here. They shouldn't be coming here and bringing the problems that they had somewhere else. We should have been fixing their problems or helping them with their problems if their country would be a fair country, an honest country, and not a fraudulent country. Because we've seen that in lots of places. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, uh, anything else that you'd like to add before we let you go? Because I mean, we need we need updates, and doesn't sound like things are getting any better. <laughs> no, no, they're not getting better. They're going to and they're going to get worse. And President Trump told us that. He told us, you know, that things were going to get really bad. So I I don't want for people to feel confident in what people are saying about a red wave is coming, because that may be not so true there's too many people who are involved in making money on the sly with this what's going on and they're not going to vote republican they're not going to vote for this to stop so don't feel confident we need to get all of the equally minded or people who think like we do hopefully they're all the republicans they need to get out and vote they need to vote their conscience and and just like things were overturned in the supreme court things can change you got it esther thank you very very much for taking time to be with us please 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 stay safe and uh, we'll check in with you again soon just keep praying you got it once again my friends george rodriguez and we've been speaking with our good friend esther chapoy in del rio howdy 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 once again my friends george rodriguez el conservador talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, and we've got our good friend, Mr. Chris Hayek, who is with the Immigration Reform Law Institute in Washington, D.C., and I wanted to reach out to him real quick regarding the situation with the decision that was just handed down by the the Supreme Court regarding the stay in um, Mexico policy. Chris, what are your thoughts on this ruling, on this decision? Well, I think it was a bad decision. We disagree with it. We think the court was wrong on the merits and wrong on jurisdiction. Uh, it, it, you know, the, the, the holding had two parts. You know, first, it was that the court, uh, the lower courts, lacked jurisdiction to issue injunctions here because of this statute that strips them of jurisdiction, according to the court. But that same statute. Uh, leaves jurisdiction in the in the supreme court so 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 they then they reached the merits and they found that the, uh you know they reversed the the injunction because uh of 
reasoning that I disagree with. Um, it did say, though, that part of the lawsuit, the, the part challenging the en masse release of uh, people on parole, the abuse of the parole authority, which is only supposed to be on a case-by-case basis for significant public benefit uh, or, or urgent humanitarian reasons. That part goes back to the lower courts to decide. So there's still that part that's not covered by this jurisdictional problem. And, uh, and the court did leave open a path to getting relief from these policies, uh, though it's narrow. You have to uh, get a declaratory judgment in the lower courts, and then if the Supreme Court grants cert, the Supreme Court can give you an injunction. So the, the worry that most people have been expressing, that I've been watching, uh, the email traffic, the um, comments on social media, the, is that this um, this overturning of uh, the stay in Mexico policy is now going to encourage more people to cross the border uh, to declare asylum here in the United States. And then, of course, they'll declare asylum and then disappear and you'll never see them again. Um, do you think that that's going to... Uh, create that uh, make make problem worse. Well, I'm not sure because I don't know if they need any more encouragement than they they already have. I mean, uh, th- they know they're going to get released uh, already, so uh, we'll see if that happens. Um, I, mean, I mean, the whole Biden policy has just been to uh, enact all these policies that are non-enforcement policies and they work together to create this uh, uh, clarion call for people to come over because there's no consequences and, and, and that's been achieved already um, so things I, I, I guess this might make it a little it might make it a little worse oh my gosh you know it, uh, I, I guess I guess what what we're trying to find at this point I mean we know that that uh, you know we we assume that things are going to get worse I'm not sure how much worse they can but uh, they're going to get worse is there yeah. any kind of silver lining that we see in this situation? Uh, well, uh, it, it's like I said, you know, he, he can still be gone after for the parole abuse. Um, and and there's also a, uh, a possibility to challenge him on the uh, take care clause uh, under the Constitution. And it's possible for states to evaluate whether they're being invaded according to a certain provision of the Constitution uh-huh. and, uh, and uh, close the border themselves to prevent the invasion by the cartels. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the Attorney General of Texas has been asked to supply an opinion on that. It hasn't done so yet. I mean, the governor asked him to uh, uh, issue an opinion. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I, I guess I guess that's what the what we're going to have to hang our hat on here in Texas. Uh, you know, proverbially speaking, is um, is the situation of um, declaring an invasion? Because oh my gosh, I mean, the tragedy that just occurred this past Monday here uh with the 53 people the count is at this point yeah. 53 people dead sure. um, you know i mean not only are they sneaking in 
the issue is now that they're coming in and declaring, you know, everybody and their mother declares uh, asylum and they get released. Yes, and they get released whether they declare asylum or not. Well, that's, um, yeah, I guess it, so. it, it, it's it's just catch and release now because you know they, they throw up their hands. We we don't have enough detention capacity, and they don't because their policies have made sure they don't. Wow, incredible. Well, uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what uh, what uh, else comes down yeah, they, our way. Yeah, yeah, you know, another thing that's not affected by this decision is Title Forty Two health code expulsions uh-huh. for COVID. That they're still going on. That Biden tried to end it, and and, and the court has uh, enjoined that. So that case is still going on. Uh, uh, we won a victory representing Texas in um, in that area where uh, they had made exceptions to Trump's Title 42 expulsions and then the court struck down those exceptions um, and, and now and they tried to undo it entirely and the court has um, uh, enjoined that so what other victories have, have, have occurred lately I mean I know that the I remember now that uh, the, the Title 42 but what have, have there been any other victories lately I mean that um have uh, that that would help uh, secure the border in any form or fashion. Well, Florida's Florida's case against the parole abuse is still going on. Uh, it it was a big victory when the court didn't dismiss that. Good. And um, there was uh, an injunction issued by the uh, Southern District of Ohio against. Uh, uh, and, and also an injunction uh, in the uh, Southern District of Texas against uh, Biden's non-enforcement priorities for criminal aliens, ah, yes. just letting them go, yeah. and, um, and 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 that's on appeal. So, but it's in place. But it, but it's in place. Yeah. So, uh, well, that that that's good. Yeah. Well, my friend. Okay. I wish uh, you know. I wish we had better news regarding this this situation but uh, at least there, there's other there's some silver linings at least down down coming down the road maybe maybe yeah um, you know we're, we're going to do everything we can to uh, get positive outcomes and it doesn't you know that this decision doesn't preclude that you got it uh, tell the folks how they can follow or where they can follow uh, the immigration reform uh, let me make sure I got it great immigration reform uh, Law Institute. Law Institute. There you go. <laughs> right. Right. The initials are R I R L I. So it's R I L I R L I dot org dot O R G. Gotcha. Well, thank you very, very much. Uh, let me point out to folks that you are driving as we speak. You're driving <laughs> in DC I'm traffic. In traffic. So that's why. I'm, that's why I'm you're a little D- distracted there. <laughs> yeah, DC, uh, DC traffic. <laughs> well, you so, take care, my man. Thank you very, very much for taking time to take our call. We will talk to you soon again. Okay. Thank you, George. Bye. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And it's kind of a gloomy day because uh, by now everybody has heard about the tragedy uh, 
uh, of these uh, 46 to date, uh, it might go higher, uh, but to date, 46 uh, illegal aliens that died uh, in a truck, uh, in a refrigerator truck that they were left in uh, without ventilation in the 100 degree heat here in San Antonio. And um, I, I wanted to reach out and, and uh, get uh, an update, get a, get a perspective from our good friend Todd Benzman, who is with the Center for Immigration Studies. Todd is a regular on our show. Todd, welcome to the, to the program. Um, tell, us, tell us, what are your thoughts about um, this tragedy? Uh, what, uh, what are the underlying causes that, that um, have created such a situation? And uh, because pe- more, there are more people dying crossing the, the border nowadays. Of course, there's many more people crossing the border. But there's more people crossing the border uh, and dying uh, in, in these situations. Talk to us. Uh, give us your perspective. Well, first of all, our hearts, everybody's hearts should go out to uh, these victims. Uh, they died a terrible, unnecessary death. Uh, I, I just shudder to think about you know what it must have been like inside that that tractor trailer. Just simply awful. Prayers must go out to them. Uh, and um, but if you just pull back from the tragedy for a minute, uh, this is not going to be their fault. They are acting like any human being would, making rational decisions based on the policies that are in place that lure and attract them to do tractor-trailer smuggling into the country. What those conditions are is that you uh, that the Biden administration has eliminated almost all forms of deportation from the interior of the country. You can be deported at the border within the border patrol zone of 100 miles under Title 42, the pandemic pushback policy that's been in place. If you get caught within the 100 miles, you get pushed back to Mexico, you lose your smuggling fee, or you have to pay more smuggling money. This is rational decision. But if you can get past the Border Patrol's 100-mile mark, you will not be deported. The Biden administration has eliminated deportation, for the most part, for uh, pretty much everyone in the country, including uh, you know violent felons and convicted criminals of every stripe. Uh, they have eliminated deportation, and they have abolished ICE for the most part. So if you're them and you're looking at, well, if I get caught by Border Patrol, I get pushed back, but if I can just get past them in a tractor-trailer rig, I'll spend that money and take that risk. And I guarantee you that everybody in that tractor-trailer, there are some survivors who probably will be interviewed at some point, will tell you that they were heading for the deportation-free zone in the interior. This is on Biden's shoulders. This blood is on his hands. He created that irresistible lure of a deportation-free zone inside America. That's my take on it. Now, you have mentioned before 
in uh, in past uh, interviews with you, you have mentioned how there was a drop, a dramatic drop in illegal immigration when there was even the hint of deportation going on. Uh, do you think that that uh, would have had any impact if that was going on right now of dissuading people from from taking these these risks? Absolutely. There's complete correlating evidence showing that deportation, that, that, the, that the higher risk that your money, your smuggling money won't pay off, uh, makes people stay home. Not everyone, but a lot of them stay home. Uh, and so when you have, you know, deterrence, when you have you know, risk of your smuggling money, just like you, me, anybody would make a rational decision based on, you know, are we going to get a return on investment for dropping $10,000 of fortune to get over the border? And under Trump, you know, there was a higher risk that you were going to get pushback. You were going to, if we found you, we'd put you back in Mexico to wait for your asylum claim there or, or maybe send you, fly you back to Guatemala uh, or anywhere else in the world. And so people were waiting them out. They stayed home. And I would venture to say that these uh, people in the tractor-trailer rig would not be in that tractor-trailer rig if they didn't think that they would get to stay in the country once they got past Border Patrol. Yeah, that, well, that's the other thing, yeah, that they're not going to get deported. I mean, there's no punishment. Right. There's no punishment, yeah. Right. No consequence. So they were going for it, man. They were reaching for it. That's, that, that's now uh, the comment has been made uh, by several uh, pundits, by several uh, immigration experts, that um, there have been more deaths uh, by uh, from illegal aliens crossing the border, either out on the deserts or in. Uh, in tractor trailers like this one, or uh, in rolled o- rollovers or whatever, yes. but there have been more deaths in the past uh, eighteen months since since Biden took place than in any other period. That's right, six hundred and fifty before this. I guess it's seven hundred now, at least probably seven fifty from other deaths too, and it's the same dynamic that I just described. Title 42 is in place in a lot of areas, so those who are subject to Title 42, not everybody is, but those who are subject to Title 42 are taking their chances. They're running, they're gunning, they're trying to get into the deportation-free zone of the interior. It's happening all over the border uh, in huge numbers, the you know great numbers that we've never seen before. Because the enticement is so incredible, the rewards are so amazing. They are such incredible riches at the end of that journey that they're just going for it, man. They're taking the chance, just like you and I would. So what do you do? You remove those prizes, that gold at the end, the chalice at the end of of the journey. You just remove it and make it painful to try to do that so people stay home and don't die the um, you know the, the other situation here is of course very very quickly there were responses 
um, by uh, by the political uh, by, by politicians. Um, of course, Governor Abbott, um, uh, who's got Operation Lone Star going on to prevent uh, this kind of situation going on, blamed Biden. But what's very very interesting is how quickly uh, folks like Democrat uh, gov- gubernatorial candidate uh, Beto O'Rourke and and uh, Congressman Joaquin Castro blamed Trump and uh, Title 42. <laughs> Give us your thoughts on that. Well, you know, this is a typical progressive, liberal progressive sop and argument that the best way to prevent death is to just open the border wide to anybody and everybody. So they'll use the deaths of these uh, poor uh, migrants to feed a false narrative that we should just if we just didn't do any enforcement then people would live but you know people from my perspective argue the opposite that if you have enforcement then people won't come and they won't die that's right I mean, in a sense in a sense both are true the question is, is, do you want to have wide open borders or no borders? Or do you want to have like what every other country in the world has, just regular borders that are enforced? It, it, very true. Very, very true. Um, in, in conclusion, what, what are your, what, uh, do you have any final thoughts about this whole situation? Well, you know, the, the, uh, an Ohio judge, a federal judge in Ohio, just ruled against just just last week ruled against the, the uh, deportation free zone that Biden created said it was illegal and shut it down uh, but it came too late for these people uh, they were still under the impression I mean they're not following the day-to-day you know you know ch- you know incremental changes in American policy from the courts they were already on their way. They probably had already paid their smuggling fees. And so I hope that news of this this court ruling spreads through the migrant world that they're going to that the Biden administration is now going to have to start deporting people who are here illegally that they catch in the interior. Now, the Biden administration is going to uh, appeal that decision. But for now, it looks like there's an injunction on the deportation free zone that has been in place for 18 months and is murdering people left and right like this. So hopefully that's, that's maybe a ray of hope that, you know, lives will be saved by making people stay home. Wow. Buddy, tell the folks where they can uh, follow you and uh, about your book. Sure. Uh, I'm at T Benzman at getter. And my book is America's Covert Border War, about the threat of uh, terrorist infiltration at the border and what we're doing about that as a nation. Which is another topic we need to talk about. Yeah, because the numbers, you know, those numbers are way, way up right now. Of terrorist crossings. Yes. Yes, on FBI watch list. Amazing. My goodness. That's right. Well, buddy, thank you very much. Folks, we've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Todd, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Thank you for having me. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. 
Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got uh, our very good friend, Mr. Preston Hennekins from uh, FAIR, from the Federation uh, for American Immigration Reform in Washington, D.C. And I wanted to reach out to Preston uh, because of this tragedy that we've got uh, that has happened here in San Antonio with the 46 deaths. I believe that the count is now up to 50, but I'm not sure. I'm trying to to uh, verify that. But uh, whatever it is, it's uh, the worst uh, incident, the worst number of deaths of uh, immigrants ever. And Preston, what do you think is fueling this uh, situation? Because we keep hearing uh, various things uh, from folks, whether it's... Uh, the Biden administration's open border policies, or is it uh, that um, the border is not open enough? Apparently, that's what um, Beto O'Rourke and the uh, and Congressman uh, Joaquin Castro are saying. Yeah, no, thank you for for having me on to talk about this. I think you know, first and foremost, this is a a horrible tragedy, and I think that you know it it reflects really the the inhumanity of the current border crisis and what's happening where we as a country uh through through our politicians and through the the non-application of our laws are encouraging uh these kinds of of smuggling operations into the united states where people are are packed into an 18-wheeler and with no air conditioning with no ventilation uh and and people die Uh, and this this is a prime example of what happens when we don't have uh, control of of our southern border. Um, this has happened before. This is not the first time. But as you mentioned in your uh, in your intro, you know this is the, the deadliest that, that we're aware of. Um, and again, it's it's important to recognize that that we're aware of this. Um, this happens regularly, uh, and it's it's a shame. And it's it's a, a, a real tragedy, a human tragedy. Um, to, to, to point to what you said, I think that this reflects the, you know, the lack of control at the border, that this is a lot, this is really encouraged to happen because we do not enforce our immigration laws. We, you know, we, there has been an incentivization of illegal immigration in this country over, over 20 some years to where the, the human smugglers, the drug traffickers, they, they routinely will, will, you know, stage operations like this where they bring in, you know, dozens of people packed into tractor trailers, you know, packed into into cars, this kind of thing. Um, and this this is bound to happen. Um, and it's it, it should really wake us all up to the reality of what's happening on the border. It's not all people who are, are coming in at the ports of entry uh, and claiming asylum. There are still, you know, hundreds of thousands of people who are who are actively trying to evade border patrol who are trying to to pass through the ports of entry without declaring themselves uh, and and this is what happens in those situations where the the complete disregard for human life by these criminal elements who who traffic individuals in the united states um, it, it's disgusting and it's it's really unfortunate that there are politicians who would use this as an opportunity to somehow say that this is the result of uh, of law enforcement, of, of enforcing Title 42, of enforcing regular Title 8 immigration authority at the border. I think that's a, a really 
uh, uh, disgusting thing to, 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 to politicize. Um, and, you know, again, when when we as a country incentivize illegal immigration, these kinds of incidents are bound to happen. Now, let me ask you, speaking of in- incentivizing, let me ask you about uh, the um, one of the reports that FAIR put out, because here in, here in South Texas, we are seeing what I call the colonization of America uh, that has been going on for a while, uh, where aliens are being boarded on buses and sent into the interior of the country, uh, courtesy of the help of nonprofit organizations so-called charity organizations they are being uh, bust they are being flown uh, and they're ending up uh, in the interior of the country to be resettled uh, supposedly I guess to wait for asylum hearings but we know that that uh, you know this is turning into nothing more than than catch and release uh, that most of these people are never going to show up um, what uh, what is what have you uh, what, tell us about your report of this of this uh, colonization of the sending these folks on the on the dime of the uh, taxpayer into the country. Right, this is something the Biden administration has um, has been doing for their entire tenure, but they they've recently been amping it up, where they are taking uh, people who who have come into the United States who have applied for asylum. Uh, as you and your listeners know, that's a process that takes. Know, over two years generally to, to go through the courts. And so without the, the implementation of the Remain in Mexico program, where these people would be sent back to Mexico to wait during the duration of their asylum hearings, they're allowed to stay in the United States. And so often these people, do you know, they're not just staying in South Texas. They're not staying in in Southern California. They're not staying in Southern Arizona where they're, they have family and they have you know, friends. Uh, many of them already have job opportunities because, of course, many of them are economic migrants. They're really not, you know, true asylum seekers, and they have job opportunities in in states and cities across the country. And so, the Biden administration is essentially paying for their travel to their final destination, whether that is, you know, Washington D.C., whether that's uh, North Carolina, whether that's Kansas. What you know, it, it could be anywhere in the country, but. They, these aliens will tell their asylum officers where their final destination is, and that begins a process with our own federal government using federal tax dollars to essentially populate these people where they want to go. We are, we are the, 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 the United States federal government is acting as a travel agency for these illegal aliens to get them to where they ended up, they wanted to go in the first place. Uh, and, and again, that is a massive incentive for individuals who are thinking about coming to the U.S. illegally. That is a massive incentive for them to go to the southern border to claim asylum, knowing that the federal government is then going to take them to their final destination. Um, that, that of course, is you know there are people who are going to see that and say this is a this is a gold mine. Of course, I'm going to do this. That saves me. You know that's that's less money that I have to pay the human trafficker to to get me into the country into the United States. It really is, uh, you know, again using that word that we are using constantly nowadays, incentivizing. Uh, it's encouraging folks to uh, not only break the law but get into the United States, and then once they're they're in the United States, it's like Katie by the door. I mean, there is nothing that uh, is being done to deport them. My understanding is that. Uh, 
ICE has uh, almost been put on hold from uh, doing any kind of deportations. Is that true? That is true, but we recently had a um, a victory in in the court system that overturned that uh, enforcement guidance is what uh, is what that policy was, where uh, Alejandro Mayorkas and and um, President Biden's other political appointees at the Department of Homeland Security had issued a memorandum that explained who could and who could not be uh, essentially put into removal proceedings by ICE. Uh, and that document had really um, restricted the the categories of people who could be put into removal proceedings, and it restricted it to really only the most violent criminal illegal aliens in the country. So it allowed the vast majority of people who are in the United States illegally uh, to to continue living in the U.S. without the fear of having to be detained and deported by ICE, even though they're breaking the law. But fortunately, uh, a judge, a federal judge recently ruled that that policy um, is is illegal and that it did not go through um, the proper channels of being put into place, that it was asking, uh, essentially it was, it was asking ICE agents and, and other law enforcement officials to ignore congressionally mandated law um, and that, that, of course, is not something that's legal, uh, and that's what the judge found. Uh, that, that's going to be appealed by um, President Biden. Uh, his Justice Department has already said that they're planning to appeal that. But for the meantime, um, that is a big, big victory. It's allowing ICE to do its job again uh, after you know close to two years of not being able to, uh, to, to arrest and detain people who are in the country illegally. The... Uh we we only we we only have a few more uh, moments here, a few more, another minute or so. Um, can you give us uh, any uh, update on what we have heard that our talks for amnesty that include uh, our own Senator Cornyn here in tech from Texas? That's right. Uh, Senator Cornyn made what he claimed to be a, a joke with uh, Senators um, Padilla from California and Cinema from Arizona, both Democrats, uh, where after passing the, um, uh, the gun control legislation uh, that recently moved through the Senate, uh, they joked about um, moving on to immigration reform next, which, of course, means amnesty and and senator cornyn um received a lot of flack for this from from organizations uh, including fair uh and um he did walk those comments back saying that it was uh quote a joke uh-huh. uh, but there's i mean there's that's nothing to joke about you know yeah. we're we're facing the Definitely. worst border crisis in american history we have over 15 and a half million illegal aliens in the united states um you know the biden administration is releasing uh, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not over a million, illegal aliens through catch and release. Um, so for him to be talking about working on an amnesty, even in jest, is uh, is really shocking. And and uh, particularly uh, being the senator from Texas, where you know the, the epicenter of the crisis is occurring, is in his home state. And and for him to think that that's something to laugh about is is really disturbing. Outrageous. Preston, thank you very, very much for talking to us. We've been speaking with our good friend uh, Preston Hennekins from uh, the from FAIR, the Federation for of American Immigration Reform in Washington D.C. Thank you very much, Preston, for being with us today. Absolutely, thank you for having me on.
Folks, once again, thank you very, very much for joining us today. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the, in, deep in the heart of South Texas. And uh, I want to thank our guests, Miss Esther Chapoy, Mr. Chris Hayek, uh, Todd Benzman, and uh, Preston Hennekins uh, for being with us today and uh, providing us with the uh, information, with the enlightenment that, that they have. My friends, we've got a real problem on the border, and it's getting worse. And that is because, my friends, we have magnets on our side of the border that encourages it. We have uh, policies that forgive, excuse, and reward illegal immigration. Illegal immigration has been going on since the border was created, and it always will because there will always be people who want to come to the greatest country in the world, to the United States of America. I mean, for all of the hatred that uh, leftists, liberals, Democrats have, uh, the fake media has towards the United States of America, how do you explain so many people that want to come here? How the heck do you explain that? Well, you explain it because it truly is the land of the free and the home of the brave, and we have the best society around. But we need to control the border. A, 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 a nation that does not control its border, my friends, ceases to be a nation. So until next time, my friends, if you want to follow me, follow me on social media. Just look for El Conservador, George Rodriguez. You will find me all over the place. So until next time, please continue to support us. Please tell your friends, listen to our program. Until next time. El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 